Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Eric. And the week we have long anticipated is finally here. Yes, I'm talking about the Barbenheimer. And you know what? It was not only a week of really interesting films, but incredible box office that we haven't seen all throughout the summer, which I think there means a lot of people got hyped for this. Their yeah. joint marketing campaign was a whole lot of fun. Uh, so was going to see the movies. I mm. saw it in that order, Barbie and then Oppenheimer. And uh -huh. I'm wearing this pink shirt for Barbie and my wife. Eric, which order did you get to see them in? Oppenheimer and then Barbie. That's probably a happier way to have seen it. No, I'm going, no. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. One of these movies did not leave you feeling that incredible about life. Yeah, about the world, life in general. <laughs> yep. uh, so we're going to start with some uh, Pretty in Pink, which is uh, the Barbie we're movie. Gonna, we're going to do that order. All right. <laughs> Got to do it. The full, the full Barbenheimer. Uh, so Barbie uh, comes from writer-director Greta Gerwig, who co-wrote the screenplay with Noah Baumbach. Margot Robbie playing uh, what we learned out was stereotypical Barbie. And uh, Ryan Gosling, which we learned, was playing Beach Ken. That was just his job, Beach. <laughs> uh, which led to some incredible lines. But Eric, uh, what did you think of Barbie? I haven't had as long to digest Barbie as I have Oppenheimer. But I think I'm about at the same level with both because of how much I had to digest with Oppenheimer. Whatever. I really enjoyed Barbie. I honestly was very, very emotional. But the emotions are sort of buried under, under comedy that is driven by what it means to be a woman in the real world and slapstick humor. Like, and, and very creative visual humor. And I, so like, there's many different levels to appreciate the movie on, but I gotta be honest, this is a strong, but only one thumb up for me because, and I don't, I could be biased because of the name Noah Bumbach. If I didn't know that he was one of the writers, I don't know if I would have felt as much like this movie is pulled in too many different directions. Because, you know, White Noise, we ju just talked about that not too long ago. And that was a movie that I, I like felt like it was trying to do so much, it lost a little bit in balancing everything. And I don't think that happened in this. I think this was pretty straightforward. I was very happy that it didn't turn out to be the Lego movie with Barbie. Um, but, you know, that left some elements of the movie, like Will Ferrell's character and all that, a little underexplored. Um, for how much they were driving that direction of exploring, you know, patriarchy and this kind of thing. It's like, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't totally hit on everything, but you don't have to. And, you know, it, then you're pulling, like, I just, there are so many clever things about the design of this movie alone that I was, I, I'm automatically at a solid thumbs up. And then the thoughtfulness of the story and the sort of depth of what, like what it means to be human and how nice the contrast is between a fantasy land versus the real world. Like there was a lot more thought to that, that I, I would hope we would have gotten from Greta Gerwig and Noah Bumbach and, and just that whole team. I love America Ferreira. I love Margot Robbie. I love Ryan Gosling. I love Simu Liu. Like I just, I just had a huge, uh, a large amount of surprisingly, even though she normally, like I would normally be a little more irritated. Um, Kate McKinnon was kind of a standout for me. I thought she was pretty great. But, um, weird Barbie. 
as as weird as that weird Barbie you all know you had because you experimented and yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you know, going in and basically in the the entire time they were working on this, the thought that constantly came to me is how do you make a live action movie based off of this kind of a toy? And what what were we possibly going to get? And from the moment you're introduced into this film, this is a fully realized world that just works. Um, The set design, the shots, the bright colors, the way they crafted the characters and the costumes, I thought that all worked. It instantly pulled me in. It was incredible visuals when you're in Barbie land and going through all that. Some of the incredible sequences the way they choreographed some of these dance sequences and then introducing these larger ideas the way they created a distinction between barbie land and the real world the messaging some of the incredible humor some of the incredible pop culture shots even you know i I love this movie despite the fact that it basically made fun of anyone who liked Zack snyder's justice league which I did, and I like them both, and I don't, you know, it didn't bother me. I'm giving it to... It's uh, completely um, accurate. It was one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Margot Robbie's incredible. Ryan Gosling, really incredible. I You mentioned I loved America Ferrara. I loved Kate McKinnon. One of the people that steals the show is Michael Sarah as Alan. Just remembering how kind of ridiculous Alan was as a doll. Um, you know, and they make so many jokes about the the Barbie doll experiments that didn't work. Like, who wants a pregnant Barbie? But they tried that at one point in time. The wealth of talent, the depth of thought, and then just some beautiful emotional beats, too. Um, the last act of this movie really gets you, really speaks to mm-hmm. women. But I think it can be appreciated by non-women, you know. Not a woman. Oh, I absolutely. Appreciated this, but really speaks to what it means to be a woman in this culture and what it means to be human. Um, and I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, I I always I like I like things that make me feel like I wo- like like learned something. Like I don't know, it's not hard to say because it's not like you learn anything new in this movie. That's not something that people have already talked about. But there is something about watching this that is a nice reminder of, oh, yeah, man, we really structure things socially in this world in a weird way where things could naturally move different ways. And why do we set weird rules around why certain people do certain things? Like, I just I love the whole sequence of Barbie and Ken's first arrival into the real world is like one of the greatest things I've seen in a movie like recently. It's just like Ken's whole, like, I don't, I don't feel anything weird at all. She's like, you know, there's like an air of violence in the air. Like patriarchy. Yeah. And he's so excited by that. He's like, what these, this idea of patriarchy, like he's carrying these books to every job interview. Like it's, It was just a beautiful fusion of a lot of ideas, um, mm. you know, really well-crafted. Yeah. Well-crafted also describes our second movie, which is a little bit heavier, uh, and that would be Christopher Nolan's latest film, Oppenheimer, which focuses on J. Robert Oppenheimer, the physicist who uh, famously led the Manhattan Project. This movie clocks in at a brief uh, three hours. 
um, probably employs That's every weirdly accurate. A brief three hours is a good yeah. description. As people have commented, probably employs every white male actor um, in Hollywood <laughs> and a couple of uh, ladies, but really probably the most ambitious uh, project that Christopher Nolan has ever done. Um, one of the most intense too. Uh, you, you can tell that from the trailer. So Eric, how did Oppenheimer live up or not live up to your expectations? I can't go first with this one. I, can't, well, I guess I can. I'm not, I'm not going to like wax philosophical forever about this because it's astounding. This is the sort of movie to me that makes me confused about how people can just have rating systems or whatever. Like I, I can imagine someone sitting down and kneeling next to someone in the theater in the middle of that time between the bomb's light going off and the quote and the sound of the bomb going off. And someone would be like, so what do you think? Is this going to be a five-star movie, four-star movie? What do you think? Like, it seems so dystopian and wrong to me. Like, I can't. Now, that being said, two hard thumbs up. But that is not because of positive emotions. This wrecked me. I, I, was, I was tearing up out of anger at a couple of points in this movie. The, I don't think, I don't think I will ever shut my eyes again without seeing the sequence where he's receiving like thunderous applause and giving his speech and just, just what he sees versus what's going on. And the idea that the cheers for him pump out as an explosion at him. That was the biggest jump scare in the horror movie element of this. This is this is a courtroom drama, a horror movie. How many things is this that people have commented on? And it balances all these things so well. Like, everyone keeps talking about who their favorite actor is because of the stacked cast. But to me, the movie is greater than the sum of its parts. Any one element, besides maybe Cillian Murphy, who I think does live up to the sum of the movie, um, I, I don't think is particularly the reason why the movie's great. I just think it's it's the cohesive whole of it. And so really credit all comes down to Christopher Nolan. This is one of those auteur movies that is just the steady hand of a singular vision creating something that is full throttle nonstop. I mean, I felt the three hours in this movie, but it's not like I had a chance to breathe. It was going by so fast. Like... People, I think the only other time I've heard someone like say this is it's with like Goodfellas and some other Scorsese movies where it feels like a three hour trailer for somebody's life. You know, like it's, I, sitting in that theater having this was a, a visceral, visceral experience. And I, I, I really don't know what to do with myself. And thinking about this in, in just the, the conveyor line of like, Hey, get ready to get the Walmart exclusive slipcover for Oppenheimer when it's released on Blu-ray. Like, it just, it doesn't feel at home in this world. It feels like it's showing us too much to think about and that we need to be, like, aware of. It's, it's so that thing with Christopher Nolan where he manages to cross the threshold from being, you know, a, a movie for commercial purposes and just being art that you're subjected to. I just thumbs up that's all i got i could go you go yeah you know i was really um 
moved by it. Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite filmmakers. He's made um, some incredible films. Most of his films are heavy. Um, that's kind of the way he sees the world. Uh, and that's kind of the way he tells stories. And when you take on uh, the story of a man that was as dynamic and as tortured as Robert Oppenheimer, you can't help but find something heavy. Um, you know, prior to seeing this movie, I watched the documentary to end all wars, which kind of covered his life. And if you know much about Oppenheimer, he was wrecked after those bombs dropped. Um, you know, he famously, they use the quote in a, place I was not expecting the first time in the movie, but I think most of us have heard that recording of Robert Oppenheimer quoting um, from the Bhagavad Gita where he says, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. And you can tell he honestly felt like that. And that closing sequence, when you finally learn what he said to Einstein and when he's staring off and you think of, there are some, wonderful things that have come out of the nuclear program. Um, you know, it would be impossible to deny we've taken leaps forward in terms of power production and, and some other things, but there are certainly dangers that were unleashed. And, you know, his perspective that he thought he would build this weapon because someone had to, and once we used it, no one would ever want to use it again. And it would usher in, you know, this era of peace, the kind of, piece that we often see them talk about in the modern world of Star Trek, the, the utopia. Yeah. So you feel all that. I'm with you. Murphy gives an incredible performance. I also loved the dichotomy with Louis Strauss storyline and Robert Downey Jr., who is equally fierce. Alden Ehrenreich, people have been all over the board about him as an actor, but I think when you see something like this, you remember how good and how talented he is and that he should not be held responsible for whatever was going on with a solo story, which I maintain is not as bad as some people make it out to be. Um, I thought he was very good in, in this role opposite Robert Downey Jr. Their back and forth was pretty incredible, but that idea of starting with fission and fusion color for the perspective of Robert Oppenheimer, black and white for the perspective of Strauss, really made that dynamic back and forth go. I understand the criticisms. Not everyone's story gets fully flushed out and told. Not everyone's story of background characters or characters that were important to Robert Oppenheimer get perhaps the justice they should. Um, I get the frustration with how Gene Tatlock was, was portrayed. Um, I don't know that there is a fair answer to that other than for me, this movie was about Robert Oppenheimer and seeing the world through Robert Oppenheimer's eyes. And I think that's what they were trying to do. And in fact, he took a lot of grief and made it all about him. You know, to me, that was why his wife slapped him out in the woods and said, you don't get to play the victim here and do all these other things. The cinematography is incredible. Um, I love Nolan's commitment to not using CGI. Um, it gives Turns it a out. very real lived in feel. Mm -hmm. um, the practical effects take a lot of time and, but they give you just something you're not expecting. The, the depth of performances here, this is probably a movie you honestly have to see a few times and chew on for a few weeks to fully appreciate. I like you giving it two thumbs up. It was 
like pulling teeth for me to decide which of these two films. I thought they were both incredible. I have them both up in my top three for the year right now. Uh, that we were blessed to have them both release on the same weekend is just incredible. Yeah. There are so many things you said that made me think of so many little things from that experience that I wanted to say. But I, I think something that is interesting about Oppenheimer is exactly like you said, Jean Tatlock is a great example where her character in terms of someone creating a movie is, is treated kind of poorly. And yet the movie also is written to criticize Oppenheimer for his poor treatment and utilization of her without really treating her better. You know, it's a movie that's just as much about how wrong things are as it is about how right things are. It's very pro-America and also very critical of America for being pro-America. Um, I think my wife said it first, and, and I, I'm fascinated by the idea of wanting to hear reviews of this movie from Japanese outlets, Ru Russian outlets. Like, I want to know the opinion of the world on this. Like, it's, yeah, I, I, I agree that some characters aren't, like, like you could just go actor by actor and have a whole different perspective on this movie. I will say one thing. Josh Hartnett, who I call Daddy Yum Yum for the purposes of this movie, he is on apparently on the shortlist for playing Harvey Dent in The Batman 2. If he is not cast, I will find you. And I will kill you. No, I, like... Like, I mean, that's how good and how deep this bench is. Like Hartnett gives an incredible performance and I almost forgot he was in it. Yep. <laughs> Not okay. forgot, but you know, the when one, you're trying to remember everyone. The one casting that I would say is a mistake, which honestly isn't really, is uh, Josh Peck as the man who hits the button. It, it was just distracting to me, but that wasn't enough to take away any of the emotion. So I'm sitting here like this in the theater and I'm like, why is it him? Like, and I'm still like clenched up against my seat. I, I, oh, I, I, yeah. Both of these movies stand under narratives about men who rule the world and with their ingenuity drive it towards self-destruction and in some part, both movies are about the women who stand in the background of that and what happens to their voices and, and should they be louder? Should they be more accepted and whatnot? It is very weird that these movies came out the same weekend and have these hard threads that you can see. And one is just such a commercial product from Warner Brothers, who Christopher Nolan infamously left because of their their practices when it comes to streaming and all of that. So just watching from the universal logo on in Oppenheimer, I'm thinking about Barbie because that is like, they're, they're tied together. And I honestly, I kind of love that. And um, yeah, it's just a so great movie for the movies. Let me ask you on a quick reflection, where does Oppenheimer sit? Uh, among Christopher Nolan's films. I will say I my first pass, I still have The Dark Knight, Inception, and The Dark Knight Rises above it. But then I slotted it right there. There were two scales for me for Christopher Nolan. 
One of them is excitement, and one of them is existentialism. The prestige sits at the top for me in terms of existentialism. Inception sits at the top for me in terms of excitement. Then the Dark Knight. Then I think Oppenheimer. But Oppenheimer, I think, blew the whole existential list away. And just as an artist and the way he looks at the world, Oppenheimer is the top for me. But if I'm looking to Christopher Nolan as like a commercial filmmaker, it's still Inception for me. Yeah, I mean, I love and love seems like a funny word to use for a, a movie that's as messed yeah. up as Inception. But yeah. here we are. Welcome to 2023. Yeah. Well, that is a wrap on the uh, big Barbenheimer weekend. I think next weekend is going to produce a movie of equal quality. Um, yeah, we're <laughs> from the Walt Disney Company <laughs> called The Haunted Mansion, uh, which will give us an opportunity to look at other films based on theme park rides. Yes. <laughs> you couldn't even hold it in. No, I wasn't even going to try. Like, uh, we've already seen like the preview reviews or whatever. And honestly, I don't think anything can stop me from enjoying that movie. But, you know, I mean, there's some line readings that Lakeith Stanfield has in the trailer that just. Knocked yeah, but but you know what? Lakeith Stanfield still, if you're thinking of cool in terms of are you cool, asking someone, are you cool? That scale you're measuring on is how much out of Lakeith Stanfield. He is the <laughs> coolest person that ever existed. So I don't care. He could he could give the whole movie's line ratings like this and it would still, I'd just be like, you're so cool. And there's like googly-eyed monsters around him and I'm like, so cool <laughs> so that'll be like a preview for next week well until then i uh, hope you get a chance to see both barbie and oppenheimer now playing in theaters and we'll see you at the movies real quick 